to always get the latest Game Tea, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at Twitter at Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at The Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at The Game Tea Podcast. We post frequently, giving you podcast updates, posting gaming news, and the occasional meme. Check them out after the show, and thank you so much for listening to The Game Tea Podcast. everybody and welcome to another episode of the game tea podcast my name is jp i'm zach and i'm czar boys 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 we did it we hit 2,000 listens on the podcast we did holy crap claps all around we couldn't have done it without zach what (laughs) you know honestly though like i feel like every month we're doing something new so i really appreciate all the listeners and i really appreciate you guys for editing and making everything sound so good and being patient with me as I get new stuff. Hopefully I sound better. <laughs> We're appreciative of you for doing the script because we have no idea what to say. <laughs> and I'm appreciative for me because I am the glue that holds it all together. So yay for <laughs> JP. Yay for JP indeed. And you know what, to all you people who say I talk too much Nintendo, 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 Nintendo. Oh, what? That's Come on. For that. Come on, nobody says that. <laughs> Rights are. <laughs> Um, maybe? Anyway. (laughs) I can't read the comments, remember? Yeah, oh, sorry, 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 I didn't mean to offend you. Oh. All right, um, who is doing itinerary today, boys? We've got a good-looking episode ahead of us. Yeah, we got a pretty beefy episode right here. We really do. Sar says that I gave him too much to do, so Sar, how about you do it? <laughs> all right, I'll do all the reading today, even though I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> all right, so today on the podcast, we are talking about the PlayStation 5 UI announcement. Ooh. Oh, it's pretty good. It, it is actually pretty good. Um, next, we have some cyberpunk news with some very flashy style points. We are talking about the Borderlands season pass number two. And apparently Xbox is getting sued. (laughs) Has been getting sued. Yeah, it's been an (laughs) ongoing thing, apparently. (laughs) Oh, that's good stuff. Then we have a foreshadowing rumor that is emerging to be more true than rumor. And finally, a new World of Warcraft patch. I'm not playing right now. <laughs> Zach, Zach, you're tweaking again, man. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll close out the episode with some game releases. So what do you boys say? We dive in. Let's do this. I am down to clown. Is this first guy me? This one is all PlayStation. All right. Ooh. So, OK, just chill. Just chill. All right. I need you to just be cool. Just once. Can you be cool? Just once, please. Lols. Oh, fine. <laughs> That's a little How I Met Your Mother quote for y'all. Shout out to How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> All right. So let's see here. A couple days ago, well, by the time this drops, it's actually going to be more like a week ago. Um, there was a PlayStation video that was kind of going over a little bit of the user interface that we are to be expecting with the PlayStation 5. And spoiler alert, it's not that much different from the PlayStation 4. 
Um, I don't think it was supposed to be because I liked PlayStation's interface the way it was. And if it's not broken, why fix it? In my opinion, right? They're gonna clean UI. Don't mess with clean. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Like from go- going from, especially going from PlayStation Three to PlayStation Four, that was a huge upgrade. I feel like PlayStation actually took some notes on X from Xbox on that one. Essentially, what we got from the user experience, a little interface video from PlayStation about a week ago, is more about particular things that you can do in game. Like they wanted to talk more about like features that you have switching between games and going from into parties with your friends and things like that. So the big thing that they're trying to kind of boast here with this new um, in-game user interface is going to be these things called activities. And essentially what it does is it's really, really good for those who like to 100% games or who like to trophy hunt. Um, It's kind of this thing where mid-game, you can actually go into like these objectives that you have on the user interface. And if there's like a particular trophy you're working towards or some type of like, I don't know, in-game reward for doing something, it will actually give you um, a list of activities that you need to do and kind of where you are on all of those things. And then it even gives you hints in video. So, or it gives you hints within that user interface so that you don't even have to look up a walkthrough if you don't want to, which I've got some mixed feelings about. It's kind of a cheap shot to offer those like hints to get those achievements in my opinion but i also see how it can be handy um what did you guys think of that well okay i completely disagree with you actually because i am really jealous of this feature really oh yeah and just starting out i would like to say that i love the fluidity of the home menu functions with the game running in the background mm-hmm. you know so your game can wait for you patiently until your ocd is satisfied <laughs> so that's that's the that's where we are with czar it's like oh my ocd oh <laughs> yeah, right but you did you did leave off one other uh really cool notion about the activities that i i saw mm-hmm. um it gives you a time frame on how long an activity will take place. Like their example was in Little Big Planet, and they were looking for like mage robes or something like that, some sort of costume. I'd have, I have no idea what's going on in this game. I've never <laughs> played a Little Big Planet before. Right, same. But uh, it estimated that the activity would take ten minutes of total time frame, which is really cool. But I mean, also, you don't know me, PlayStation. I'll get through an event on my own time. Trying to tell me how much time it'll take me to finish a singular task. You don't know me. <laughs> you don't know me and how OCD I am about checking every nook and cranny. Oh, it's so true. I'm awful at it. Me too. But it is a really cool time management feature if it can accurately predict those times. You know, Zara, I just want to piggyback off you. I totally agree with what you're saying here. And like, I like this hint system because let's be honest, when you get stuck on something, what do you do? You Google or YouTube it. Like, come on. Oh, absolutely. Might as well have it all go through PlayStation and do it. Like, I mean, that's really unique and neat. And um, yeah. And I also like the point. So that was my two cents on that. And then I like the point you made, Zara, with like, hey, like, you don't know how long it's going to take me. And it's like, yeah, there's some people who are like, it's gonna, I know it's going to take me longer than that versus... Um, it's going to like, that's going to be a challenge for me. That's what the average player does. I want to do it in half of that or whatever. You know what I mean? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. And in regards uh, to the hint screen, I mean, I love gaming. I want to experience a plethora of games, so I don't always have time to figure out my own stupidity. And so it's really cool <laughs> if you're stuck because PlayStation takes out the middleman and nudges you in the right direction without spoilers or even foreshadowing on significant events. And I mean, I don't have to pull my phone or laptop out. Plus, it's picture in picture, so you can play the game and watch the hint at the same time. Yes, that is true. That is true. I forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. All of this can be picture in picture through streaming and other such features. And I mean, all I got to say about this is Xbox. Where the hell are you at? I want this. <laughs> it, it really Zach was right. It really is a cool, unique feature that they're trying to do. And at first, when I heard about it, I thought it was kind of a cheap shot for, you know, true completionists. But at the same time, Zach's also right on the point that, well, it's not like I'm not just going to go YouTube this anyway or look up a walkthrough. It's like. My time's fucking valuable. Damn it. <laughs> I'm not going to spend 40 hours trying to figure this out. I was going to say, as an adult, it's so nice to know, like, okay, hey, like, I want to play some, like, eventually I'm going to get a PS5. I want to play some Last of Us. I have an hour before work or an hour till I need to go to bed or whatever. You know, like, this is nice to know that, like, I can get this far in the story and not be, like, caught, you know, between storylines. So that could be helpful. Oh, yeah. All right. So that was... There were three big things that they wanted to really talk about with this user experience event. And that was number one was the activities. They also took some time to kind of brag about how advanced the solid state drive was by switching between Little Big Planet to a completely different game in literally like 15 seconds. Not even that. They switched between Demolition All-Stars and Little Big Planet. It was so seamless. And I know that, you know, the Series X is going to be implementing this uh, solid state drive technology, too. So by no means is this going to be exclusive to PlayStation. But just once again, another testament to talking about how fast these consoles are going to be, boys. We should be very excited. Oh, yeah. I'm really looking forward to load times being virtually a thing of the past or mm -hmm. minimal at worst. Absolutely. And finally... They also went into a little bit of uh, kind of talking about how the party system is going to work. And to be honest, this is where I thought the showcase got a little convoluted because I didn't really have a problem with the way PlayStation was doing the message and the party system before. Um, and maybe I'll be singing a different tune once I actually start using it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? This actually is pretty seamless. But right now it seems like they're making it a little more complicated by adding like these different places you have to go for functionality out of these party things you can do. And I don't know, it seems a little complicated. And plus with the big news that PlayStation has been recording these party chats, this is the part where I'm a little iffy and I don't really know what to think as much as I did with the other settings. Speaking of which, did you guys hear about that news? Zach, did you hear about that? Do you have an opinion on that? I mean, are you guys surprised? Like I know I understand where people are like getting annoyed by this, but like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the, yeah, your privacy is important, but like there's some pretty mean shit going on right now. And so I'm, I don't know. I guess it depends how they use this stuff. If they use it, if it's just to keep track of people who tell people to go kill themselves, then yeah, like fuck those people who do that and hope they get in trouble. But if it's like to spy on you and do advertisements, like I kind of predict it is, then yeah, that's kind of, it's an invasion of privacy. And there's a reason people should be up in arms and we should hash this out so that the community knows what what's being recorded and why. Mm -hmm. Absolutely agree. Even in the sense where parties get a little bit risque, 
Um, I still think moderation purposes for monitoring chats, private party chats is still just wrong. I mean, if it's in game, then yeah, that that means something different. But listening in on private conversations is always a slippery slope. Especially since, I mean, we have reporting systems for when people do cross the lines and like that's how you can go and monitor things. But I suppose that was more for like written messages rather than chat. I don't know. I, I want to believe that this isn't going to be used for nefarious reasons. Like, oh, yeah, we just want to make sure that if someone crosses the line here, then we can do something about it. But it's probably going to be used for advertising. I totally agree with you in that most of the UI seemed very user friendly. Like just looking at the home screen, I could figure out how to operate a PlayStation without never touching a PlayStation. Mm -hmm. But then they jump into the party system and that's where things got a little bit complicated and a lot less user friendly. And this isn't a PlayStation 5 exclusive thing either. They just updated the PlayStation 4's uh, whole party messaging system to kind of emulate what they plan on doing with the PlayStation 5. And I got the update for my PlayStation 4, but I haven't actually checked it out yet. So that's going to that's gonna be my little side project for later today is kind of seeing how that goes and getting back to you guys. Um, the very last part of the video was kind of going back to the, yeah, the user or uh, the home screen for the PlayStation 5. And it's very reminiscent of how the PlayStation 4 is set up. The icons are a lot smaller, giving you more room to actually see like some artwork for the game or the app that you're about to go into, which I absolutely love. And it's also easier to find content related to uh, what you're looking for, like on the PlayStation 4 interface. There were a couple videos and links below the game or the app that brought you to, you know, some news or some gameplay to what you're about to do. But PlayStation 5 really took it to the next level by if you like go like kind of to the underscreen of one of these apps, you can find all kinds of material that's related to what it is that you're about to engage with. And I think that's really cool. And that's pretty much it, boys. Um, it looks like the user interface is going to be super friendly, um, very reminiscent, again, kind of going along the lines of if it's not broke, don't fix it. Once we get used to the new chat and party system, I think this is a hit. I think it looks really, really good. And that's all I have to say about that. Who's got the next article? Czar, even though JP might want it. I really did. I really <laughs> did. I, oh, I could not stop smiling. But nope, this one belongs to Czar. Don't worry, you will have your moment in the spotlight. So the next article we have entitled a cyberpunk styles, cars and stadia. 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, so these news bits are coming to us through a couple three-minute YouTube videos uh, where Cyberpunk released some new features and some more information about the game. And mainly what we got is cars and classes of character. So let's go ahead and start with the cars. I mean, wow, cruise through the game in style. Just, just from a vehicle video, I thought I was watching a racing game. Honestly, though, it was it was that intricate. The attention to detail was amazing from the world just zipping past you to getting a first person view from the driver's seat. They really put a lot of effort into the driving mechanics. And to me, this video really reminded me of a Saints Row car demonstration mm. because I noticed the 
through this comparison with the abundance of different vehicles, much like Saint Saints Row, Cyberpunk has different classes of cars, such as economy, which don't ever drive economy. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's value to be had in driving the clunker around. Like, I don't care if I mess this up, but go I on. Mean, that's fair. It's probably a good starting car. Mm -hmm. um, but then you got like executive, which flashed at cash to even heavy duty, which is, you know, for the private militant in all of us. Um, <laughs> they got more styles than that. Every car is completely customizable and every class of car even comes with a multiple multitude of styles and makes and models, all completely customizable. The cars are hype. But, you know, to me personally, I don't really care too much about the different brands and styles of car. To me, games with deep driving mechanics but are not actually about the cars themselves are kind of just icing on the cake. I mean, I'm still going to zone out and not realize what I'm actually driving because cars just get me from one place to the next. I never invested a lot of interest in that area of gaming. And that's fair, but I personally disagree. I think the like I got a lot I had a big fat smile on my face the entire time I was watching Rides of the Dark Future, the little car showcase. So anyway, I think that the car mechanics in this game are looking really, really great. I, I can't wait to give it a try. Yeah, you know, holy crap. You have like your own car game inside of your Witcher style. I mean, it's not Witcher style, but like in, inside your RPG game. Like this is, this might redefine gaming after this, guys. They put a lot into this game there is just so much with the cars so much with the did you, you didn't talk about the styles but i'm sure you will in a second so much with the styles and so much like there's so much going on here and i'm curious to see how much we can dive into because there's a lot oh yeah i mean i'm sure there's going to be a lot more cars uh because i think the last uh style of car they had was sport which is basically your racing car um but i'm sure there's even more than that so we, we got a little bit about the cars. Now let's talk about the styles and they call them styles, but this is essentially character classes like your paladin or your archer and stuff like that. And so for that, we have an announcement of four play styles. We have kitsch, which is a uh, style over substance. So straight out of the suburbs is where these people come from. Uh, we have entropism, which is necessity over style. So those those guys is living in the ghetto. Uh, we have neo-militarism, which is substance over style. And that's executive level wealth with access to a private military arsenal. <laughs> Goddamn. Yeah. Then you have neo-kitsch, which is style and substance. And, you know, both is better than one. And those guys are the celebrities, the pimps, you know, the the limelight that get all of the attention. Interesting, interesting stuff, man. Yeah, a lot of different walks of life. I think that's what I noticed the most is that along with each style of character, you get a bio about them. Like you either come from the ghetto or you're a celebrity or, you know, you own a private military. It's, it's really cool to see that background uh, immerse players even further into the role that they're going to play. Oh, that is so cool. Oh yeah, it's it's beautiful how, how it's implemented. And so now I'd like to say what my play style is probably gonna be. And then I wanna see how that differs from your guys's. All right, let's hear it. Can you, before you do that, Zara, can you say all four of them for us, please? Okay, so we have kitsch, which is style over substance. 
entropism, which is necessity over style, neo-militarism, which is substance over style, and neo-kitsch, which is style over substance. And the neo-kitsch is actually kind of cool because they took kitsch's style and then made it their own. All right. So, yep. Czar, before before you tell us what you're going to be, can I guess? Oh, yeah. Go for it. I think you're probably going to go for neo-militarism. Oof. Way off the mark. Entropism? That's one of them. I have I have two that I was thinking of. OK, so you got entropism and which, what's the other one? Neo-kitsch. What, what do you, since when do you care about style? <laughs> See, I usually don't. And that's that's why it's so funny, because I'm going from entropism, which is, you know, the people who are like, I'm going to do anything I can to survive. Style don't mean shit to Neo Kitsch, who's like, I got the guns and the blame. <laughs> Interesting. Zach, what about you? What do you want to do? Uh, take a guess, JV. Is it neo-militarism, Zach? It's neo-kitch, baby. Oh, oh boys, yeah. neither of you are bougie. We pimps, what can I say? So, JP, you're bougie? I, no. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. For me, it's either kitsch or entropism. In, in fact, I'm actually probably leaning more towards entropism. I was going to say, you're with the old kitsch, bro, and we're with that new kitsch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you old kitsch, homie. I'm new. We That's going to be in the game. I can already <laughs> see that being a line in the game. Oh, yeah. No, I, I could definitely tell from the trailer that there is a bunch of uh, divide between each style and that like Neo Kitsch hates Kitsch and Kitsch hates Neo Kitsch. Um, but I really I, I agree with you on the entropism because I really like that attitude of all I need is a gun and a kick ass attitude to take you down. Precisely. Yeah. But what I really like about Neo Kitsch is some reason I really think that their style is going to have the best voice lines. Because, I mean, they're basically celebrities uh, who ask the question, why not both? So that, You know what? That's a fair point. Yeah, they just look like a lot of fun and a lot of stupidity. And, and it's just going to be a lot of voice lines like, where's the beach? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good stuff. And, <laughs> Zach, I'm trying to figure out what about Neo Kitsch attracts you. Um, I'm all style, baby. I'm all style. I'm getting True. I don't car. know. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not saying I have it in real life, but like, if I get to play a video game, it's all style, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gold plating my entire body. <laughs> my whole body. Did you gold see that one tiger? <laughs> Did you see that one girl who was uh, part of the Neo Kitsch style in like a nightclub, and she looked like a robot because she got so many cybernetic enhancements that she just painted her body gold yes and i absolutely loved it yeah that's what i'm going for all right boys looks like we got a war on our hands <laughs> all right so finally we do have one little last teaser tidbit from this article so this game uh as i hinted in the title of the article will be coming to the google stadia stadia <laughs> and it, it'll be coming to the stadia on the 19th. And so that came to us from a tweet by stadia. They, they tweeted that it's coming to their system. And so I feel like stadia got a little overzealous and jumped the gun, but I mean, I guess they're just excited to be included. I'm just happy you guys invited me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I don't know how this game is going to play on Stadia. I think it uses way too much data for Stadia to be able to handle, but we'll see. Well, yeah, we'll see how that works. I was going to say, you want this is this is uh, this could be a steal because I want to play Cyberpunk. I mean, I'm probably going to pick up Stadia because it still has a stupid introductory price. But yeah, that <laughs> that is good. I mean, the three of us have nice PCs. Why would we not just download Cyberpunk onto that? Oh, absolutely. To get the full, you know? I mean, I guess the argument there is accessibility, but I mean, hey, I can take my laptop anywhere I want to go. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> Zach, when's it coming to the Switch? <laughs> you know, you joke about that, but any day now. <laughs> if they got Witcher 3 to fucking run on this, yes, I believe in this. Yes, they said the same thing about Witcher 3 made <laughs> by the same studio. So, hey, anything could happen, baby. <laughs> Is it going to look gorgeous? Absolutely not. Oh, no. <laughs> Will it, it work? Probably. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, that is all we got on Cyberpunk. So, JP, would you like to tackle some Borderlands news? By the way, when are you getting it for the Switch? When are you going to play with Zach and I? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I my heart is breaking. I don't know how many more times I could tell you this. I can't justify buying Borderlands for another console. <laughs> Eventually, we'll wear you down until you say yes. It's on sale. Just do it. They've already taken at least 200 from me. <laughs> When's the madness going to stop? Never. It never ends. Use <laughs> <was> right. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Borderlands 3. So they came out with a tweet talking essentially about their plans on how they're going to adapt to the next generation of consoles. So let's see. The tweet from Borderlands 3 reads, get ready for a new generation of mayhem. Borderlands 3's next gen upgrade will be available day and date with Microsoft and Sony's new consoles. Plus, players who own the game and a next gen console can upgrade within the same exact console family for free. That's good stuff. Oh, yeah. I really love how the main thing about this next gen push is the accessibility with no charge. Like if you do things on your previous gen console, it's going to be on your next gen. And I I love that integration. And to be to be completely honest with you, boys, I think that's asking for the bare minimum. But some companies aren't even giving us the bare minimum. So so I'll take this. We'll take what we can get. We're not picky. They also, uh, they included a link on the tweet straight to Borderlands website where they went a little deeper into some more features that we can expect to see when this uh, finally hits. Um, here's one that I was a little giddy about. Three and four players split screen. I think that's a pretty cool feature. We've never seen that in Borderlands before. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, even from the first Borderlands game, couch co-op was essential. And couch co-op has always been a thing for Borderlands throughout every single game. But up until now, it's only been two player split screen. So the addition of a third and fourth, I, I love the revival of couch co-op. I have had some of my best gaming moments with friends in a split screen. Oh, I completely agree. And to be fair, it's usually Nintendo games. Yeah, usually, because they are the king of, of couch gaming. Woohoo! Yippee! <laughs> Wah! <laughs> All right, so three and four players split screen. Also, they promise 4K, 60 FPS in single player and online co-op as soon as these next generations hit. Borderlands art style 
is very strange in the fact that it's kind of got like that comic book style to it, like with the colors and the outlines and the way the game looks. But if you bump it up with that 4K, I mean, it's going to show, you know, it's going to show and it's going to be beautiful. I love Borderlands art style. I think that's one of the biggest selling points about the game. So telling us that we're going to have 4K 60 FPS, I'm all on board for that, boys. What do you think of that? Same. I love Borderlands art style. A lot of people gave it shit early on because it looked too cartoony. But to me, it looked like a cross between a Batman graphic novel and a Telltale game. And I just loved Mm. that. And in fact, Telltale made Tales from the Borderlands, which Zach nonchalantly ripped off for Tales for the Backlog. (laughs) Hey. Lawsuit. (laughs) What do you call that? Uh, Just a little inspiration. (laughs) We borrowed it. It's different (laughs) enough. Look, the fine bros proved that you couldn't just start coining words whenever you wanted to. You can't own the word react, you assholes. So Candy Crush tried to own the word candy. Oh, of course they did. (laughs) Anyway, the point is next generation's right around the uh, right around the corner. And Borderlands is doing their part as one of the greatest shooters ever made to adapt and I am very pumped boys. I'm hyped. We didn't get any news about what the content will be in the season two or the yeah, season two pack. Yeah, no, nothing really about the actual content that's going to be like within the new uh, whatever they've got coming out here soon. Just more like their plans on making sure that, hey, next generation's right on the corner. Here's our plans for getting up to speed. And here's a few awesome new things we're doing just for free. Oh, yeah. But just to satisfy every listener out there, just a little speculation. If they're doing anything with this new season like they did with the last season, it's going to be focused on different stories surrounding previous Vault Hunters from the other games. Uh, Because you had a DLC about Craig. You had a DLC. Craig! Yeah, yeah, you had a DLC about Axton, um, all the previous characters. And so I think that's what they're going to do. I'm done talking Borderlands. Uh, Czar, uh, how about this next fella up on the docket? You want to take it, buddy? All right, here we go again. I'm going to get winded today, boys. Uh, <laughs> this is what you get for taking so many bye weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had it coming. I really did. <laughs> you, you can't see it, but I just stabbed. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, this article is entitled Xbox Drifts 2, and it's coming to us from windowslink.com and is written by Zachary Body. So your old residential game tea self-acclaimed lawyer has another story for you. Remember how we've talked about Nintendo's issue with the Switch's Joy-Cons drifting? Hell, I experienced it firsthand. Yeah, exactly. Well, Xbox One controllers have been reported to have the same issue. And much like Nintendo, people are suing Microsoft over this. Mm. So straight from the article, it's saying that the plaintiffs are seeking a jury trial, monetary compensation, and for Microsoft to inform publicly to customers of the issue. There has been a little, a few developments. Uh, We kind of jumped on this article a little bit late because apparently this class action has been going on for a couple months now, but the complaints have been amended slightly. And so here's what's going on now. 
The lawsuit against drifting joysticks is an issue on recent Xbox controllers and is still continuing. The amended complaint adds seven new plaintiffs requesting a jury trial and adds the Xbox Elite Series 1 and 2 controllers to the list of affected accessories. Interesting. The ongoing lawsuit is going after Microsoft over alleged widespread issue of joystick drifting on Xbox controllers due to a defect in hardware. And finally, the last amendment is that the plaintiffs are seeking monetary relief from Microsoft as well as public injunction that would require Microsoft to inform their customers of the issues. Now, that's all super interesting. And I think the reason why it's the most interesting is because we can relay this almost piece by piece to a Nintendo issue. Zach, what was going on with the Joy-Con drift when the uh, Switch first launched back in 2017? We have a problem? No, no, no. We don't have a problem. No, no, no problem with Nintendo. <laughs> so yeah, apparently Xbox has been balanced for a while, right? Zara, did you say when it started? Um, I, I'm not sure when it started. Wasn't this a few months ago? Because this is, I think this has been going on and I did not do enough research. So sorry to my editing guys, Xbox. Well, I couldn't find it Boston. in the article. It just said it's a continuing issue. But it's only affected recent Xbox controllers. But what's even more, it also sounds like something that Microsoft knew about. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of getting that too. And, you know, I, I, I would have to say that I have not had this problem with any of my Xbox controllers to a degree. Yeah, but when was the last time, when was the last time you bought an Xbox One controller, though? When's the um, last time you played your Xbox are? Actually, I've been playing a lot of my Xbox uh, recently, just getting into the Halloween spirit with some scary games. Spoopy! Spoopy! It's the spoopy season! Okay, but the point is, though, that when this happened similar to, similarly to Nintendo, they made it pretty public almost right away, didn't they, Zach? Yeah, Nintendo's going through the process pretty much very similar to um, Microsoft's, but they're kind of in the defense like, hey, like, sorry this isn't working, we'll fix it for you. It's kind of how, because enough people have the issues that like people can bring them in. This is before COVID and you could get your Nintendo Switch repaired you, or your Nintendo Joy-Cons repaired and you would just pay for shipping. Mm. And so they definitely like know that there's something wrong, but they're they're saying like their public thing is, oh, like, we're sorry. Like, that's not really an issue, but we'll fix it if it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of like a non-answer. Like, yeah, yeah there's probably something oh, going on. Okay. But I mean, like, I think that Nintendo did the right thing by trying to do what they could to help rectify the situation. Like, they didn't try and sweep it under the rug. Um, on an un on a <laughs> different note, completely unrelated, if there is a problem with your Joy-Con, send them to us and we'll fix them for free. And it's like, bro, nobody does things for free unless there's a problem, unless you fucked up. I mean, that's fair. And it that's a good point to bring up because I've actually had a lot of experience with this via Xbox. Because um, sometimes I'd have a console that'd break down, like if it had the Red Ring of Death or a controller issue. Oh, yeah. And all I'd have to do is shoot uh, Microsoft an email. They would tell me, they would send me a box. I'd ship whatever was defective in the box and they would give me a brand new product free of charge. Like usually I didn't have to even pay shipping. And sometimes it wasn't even Xbox's fault. They would just, if you sent them something broken, they'd give you something new. And by no means was I trying to take a jab at Microsoft's customer service because I've got no problem with them. I'm just saying that, like, from the sounds of this whole controller issue, it just seems like they were kind of trying to sweep it under the rug a little bit. Kind of like, oh, what? no, there's no problem. Yeah, it's, you know, it's really tough to say if 
they they are aware of a problem that's in their controller or if there even is a problem in their controller um because like i said i i have encountered something like this before but that's only after my controller got worn out um but from the sounds of the lawsuit people are having drifting issues when they take it out of the box Mm -hmm. so my question is how many of these complaints are valid meaning how many people had a fresh controller with drifting issues and how many people either wore out their controller or outright broke it and just jumped onto a class action lawsuit? Like how many people are actually affected and concerned? And additionally, why are they suing Microsoft over this? Because they're they're asking for monetary reimbursement. So they're going to get $60 back and a public statement saying, hey, our controllers might have an issue. Like, does that really sound like grounds to sue? I mean, because like I said, I I would send defective hardware to Microsoft. They would simply give me a a new product. So why do you have to have them reimburse you and like apologize publicly for, you know, a hardware error that they're working on? Especially because you paid you paid one hundred dollars for it. I mean, you want to you want to sell a product. Well, it's like $60 for a controller. <laughs> well, it's even affecting the Xbox like Elite Series controllers. So you'd be paying for that $180 controller. And I'm sure Microsoft customer service, if you go in, they'll fix it for you. But yeah, like that's kind of silly. It just sounds a little Sue happy to me. And, and no, and they're flexing on Microsoft. They want that public admission of guilt. Like they're only doing this to shit on Xbox a little bit. Like, come on. Yeah. Sorry, shit on Microsoft. That could very well be too. I think you're both making really good points about it. But yeah, so that's what we've got right now. Um, we'll be we'll be looking at this story as it continues to develop because mm-hmm. it's definitely not done. Guys, can I rant just for like maybe five minutes, maybe less? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <I'm trying to laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. we do here. How here, much is an Xbox? How much is a brand new Xbox Series X going to be? Five hundred dollars. Yeah, around there. Right. Okay. What? How much is a brand new car? Uh, well, what kind of car? Yeah. Okay. So, right. like, the average price of a brand new car, like, I mean, like, we're talking like I'm, I'm a poor man, or the average enough to charge monthly installments. Call. Let's call it twenty. Let's call it twenty thousand dollars. Twenty thousand. How often does a car break down? Uh, whenever you don't need it to break down. Exactly. I want to <laughs> say, even if you get a good car, you're gonna be, you're gonna get screwed with something within the first year. Like it's just, it's a thing. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And I, I wish our world worked where like the warranty you got was like you would get a brand new car. You know what I mean? Like it's you should, you should get like if you should not be making a product that's twenty thousand dollars and having to like fix it all the fucking time. Right. And like, so what really gets me peeved off is I went to Best Buy the other day and I, I was like looking at washing machines because I'm adulting and it's tough. And um, the average washing machine, when my parents were growing up, cost a lot, I would say a lot less than the machines now, but I'm sure you could argue based on inflation um, that it's almost the same, but it's definitely gone up. Even taking into account inflation, it's probably more expensive, much more expensive now. And those things lasted two decades. May, like my parents got a buy on their washer and dryer for a long ass time. And if you go and buy a Samsung washing machine, you maybe have a warranty for a year and they're like made, what do you call that? Artificial like shortening of their lives or whatever. Um, and they maybe last three years. And you know what the guy told me? He goes, it's kind of just, it is what it is. And it's like, I don't get why we're like shitting on video game companies. When we don't shit on 
everybody. Like Samsung should be getting hit hard with this. Like they make defective washing machines. They make defective refrigerators. They make, um, and then like you go into like all the car manufacturers, like there is a lot of technology in these systems. So I don't know why video games don't get this pass, but like, and they cost significantly less to make, or yeah, significantly less to make than like a fancy car or a washing machine. Like, I don't understand why we can't hold these bigger companies, and they're not bigger, Microsoft's huge, to the same standard that we hold these like washers and dryers and these cars, you know what I mean? You're absolutely right. It is a complete enigma. Like you struck a lot of chords there. And I'm not defending Microsoft. I'm just saying, why are we, why are people holding them to the same standard and they're not holding these other people who make significantly more money for a significantly more defective product? That's a totally fair point. But at the same time, like I think being upset about the longevity of a product that you own is different from having a product that is straight away defective. Like, I totally agree with you. If you spent like I uh, that car that I drive was about twenty two thousand dollars. And I I mean, I had it when it was like twenty five thousand miles. But if it hit fifty thousand miles and all of a sudden, like the transmission dropped or something, I'd be pretty upset. I'm like, this car is four years old. You know, this shouldn't have happened. So I understand where you're coming from 100%. And if I took it to a dealership, they'd probably be like, do you have a warranty? Like, no, I don't have a warranty. It expired last year because you sold it to me for two years for, you know, like $1,000. And he was like, well, tough shit. Yeah, because a car's biggest problems happen within the first two years of ownership. (laughs) Thanks for letting me vent, guys. I appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Off my chest. Zach's a new homeowner. He gets to vent. You get to vent. Speaking of vents, <laughs> your HVAC system is broken. That's going to be $20,000. <laughs> I know, probably. <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to move on? Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm done talking about lawsuits. Let's talk about something more fun. What's more fun than lawsuits? Oh, let me tell you, buddy. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a good one. So this article is coming to us from TwistedVoxel.com and is written by Ali Hader. And you guys know I've hinted at this all year, but it finally looks like we've got some solid evidence of a remastered Mass Effect trilogy. (gasps) Oh my God! I say this because the Korean game rating board just rated a Mass Effect Legendary Edition title for both previous gen consoles and next gen consoles. Very interesting. Especially since we literally just talked about this in the last episode. I think it was Travis that brought it up. Yeah, yeah. Travis had something from Mass Effect. And I mentioned something about the trilogy being remastered. And we kind of got off on a tangent about that. But it looks like we've got some concrete proof right now. Interesting. Yeah. Even better, the article hints that the trilogy could be released this year. As in 2020? Yeah, in 2020. What? And yeah, so that's basically the meat of the article. But there is a really juicy after dinner tidbit. Jennifer Hale, uh, the voice actor of Female Shepherd, tweeted a foreshadowing post about more news coming on In 7 Day. And for those of you that don't know, In 7 Day takes place on November 7th and signifies the armor worn by the protagonist of the series. Huh. That's a little on the nose. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the whole November 7th, In 7 Day. I mean, it makes sense. It's cool. Like, you know, Bungie has Bungie Day. Mm. Um, But yeah, 
that, I mean, that's, that's really all we got about this is a little speculation, a lot of rumor, but there have been, the gears are turning. People are reviewing this and even the actors of, of the game series are, are coming forward and being like, guys, wait till you hear about N7 day, wait <laughs> till November 7th. So I am eagerly anticipating that. And it's like the three of us, <clears throat> it's like the three of us have been saying too. I mean, like, these rumors usually have a speck of truth to them. So in my opinion, saying that this is going to be out in 2020 is a huge stretch. And I, I mean, I don't think either of you would disagree with me about that, but like there's got to be a nugget of truth hidden within, hey, there's a new Mass Effect Legendary Edition coming out and it's going to be accessible to you on the new generation and the old generation. I don't know. I think there's credibility here. I think there's a lot of credibility. I also agree that it is it's it's a definitely a stretch saying that it could come out this year, especially when November 7th is very close to the end of the year. And that's the first word we're getting about this game. Mm-hmm. Going with the old Nintendo approach. <laughs> Go low and drop it. I love it. <laughs> they really were trailblazers there, weren't they? <laughs> New Pikmin's coming out. Oh, that's cool. When? Now. Now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm really excited. In fact, like everybody's been talking about Mass Effect so much. I've got to open Mass Effect 3 sometime within the next few days. Yeah, you guys got to experience this story. It is, oh, moving. It is, it is soul crushing and inspiring all at the same time. <laughs> Would you say it's out of this world oh <laughs> no <laughs> oh <laughs> sorry anyway <Anywho. laughs> all right we got one more article to talk about today zach this one belongs to you okay um so um i uh, <laughs> sorry when we let zach talk about world of warcraft does it kind of feel like we're giving a drug addict some meth or something yeah, we're kind of just enabling him like a methadone clinic. Oh, well, here's some cracks. <laughs> here's some cracks, Zach. Woo! <laughs> All right. Shadowlands pre-patch is live. For those of you that don't know, Shadowlands is the 20,000th expansion for World of Warcraft, give or take a few. Um, guys. Yes. All my friends are playing again. I'm back in. I'm trying to get you guys to join me for a little bit. Just experience the... Uh, internet sensation that's taking over the world, as Cartman would say. Um, <laughs> and has been for the last decade. I'll meet you in the middle. We'll, we'll play RuneScape. <gasps> RuneScape? <laughs> no, I'm good. I hate RuneScape. <laughs> Adventure awaits in Azeroth, an all-new starting experience arriving with Shadowlands. So both veteran players and new get a new introductory excursion. Yeah, I got to say that word. That's nice. Ooh. It's a great way to begin forging your path in the world. So I played through this yesterday with my friend Peaches, and it takes about 30 to 40 minutes. And you kind of get a very good idea about what World of Warcraft is like. They even end with like an introductory dungeon where you play with like two other players and you just go through the dungeon together. Hmm. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. And it kind of gives you some of the ideas of what bosses can do and why you should continue playing World of Warcraft. And what I really, really like about it is they finally squished the freaking levels, man. So the max level before this uh, patch was 120. Really? Okay. And what is it now? Now it's 50. The max level is 50. What? And so when this expansion drops, um, or sorry, when the expansion drops, which I don't, they haven't given a release date when it's going to come out. They delayed it because, you know, COVID. Um, 
it, the max level will be 60, which used to be the old vanilla. Like like the very first time World of Warcraft came out, the max level was 60. So now we're, we're, we've gone full circle, man. Time's a flat circle. Woo! Why? <laughs> Why did they go jump from level cap to level cap? So when they release a new expansion, you get like new levels so that you can learn new abilities and stuff. Mm. And then there's just a bunch of stats and things like that to show that your power has grown and things like that. So it's just kind of like an RPG thing they've always done. Um, they tried, they've tried doing five levels with expansions. They've tried squishing before. And so basically what they kept finding out, Czar, was that no matter what you do, um, you either don't feel powerful enough to justify the expansion, which was like you would do five levels. And so they would give you lots of stats and then you'd have lots of stats. And then like you would be hitting like in the millions. And what I learned as a player, like when you see those big numbers, you kind of almost block it out. Like you really just don't have a concept for how much damage you're doing. And so it kind of like, you never really feel powerful anymore. And so I really like this just, it seems like a no, like a no change, but like at the, the same time, like I know that when I hit for like 500, I'm doing about average damage. When I hit for 2000, like that's a big daddy crit. And mm, so like big daddy crits. <laughs> so it's a balancing issue that they've been having. Right. And so they've, I think they finally gotten a good stranglehold on it. We'll see. I mean, like it's the game's been going on for like, 16 years now so i'm sure they'll continue to balance it and we'll see what happens but i will play with you only if big daddy crit is available as a screen name i will make it so yes like big daddy crit x i was gonna say you might have to put a couple x's in front and behind <laughs> that <laughs> big daddy crit i love it that's yours game t crew that is yours to take <laughs> um and then they also released a companion app for people who play it they finally updated it to where you can do it um, like these small little things that they want you to do to kind of stay involved in the game all on your phone. So that's kind of neat if you're busy or whatever. That's actually one of the things that excite or uh, interested me the most about what's going on here is this app. Zach, have you used the app? Um, I used it for the Legion one and it was kind of nice. Like if you were like, would set like, it's kind of like you would do, you send your, cause you're so powerful now, you would send your own minions. You're kind of like your own quest giver and they would do your quest, like some quests for you. It, it's more explicit than that. Like you have to play it to see it, but that's kind of my TLDR for you. Interesting. They would just do small things for you. Um, so yeah, it's, it's neat. It's definitely not a reason to go in or like, it's not like something that you can like, you can't play with Warcraft on your phone or anything, but it's like, it's a neat little, I don't know how to describe that. It's like a little planner for your old Warcraft day almost. So the last question, Zach, is like, as one of the biggest World of Warcraft fans I know, are you excited about the pre-patch? Are you excited about everything World of Warcraft's doing? How are you feeling about all this? And is it free? <laughs> um, the, no, I don't really know how to exp I think, Zar, like you can come in and play right now and you'll be good. I mean, you have to pay your, it's a 15 buck a month fee. Yeah. And um, I know that's kind of a pain for most people. Subscription base is a pain and I wish they'd go away from it, but it is what it is. They're making oodles of money. So what do I know? Yeah, yeah. no, no it's kidding. true. If it's not broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I'm just not sure. I, mm, yeah. You're really exploring your th feelings here. I really feel like if it's a patch, it should be free. The patches are free, but like, it's kind of like the awkward middle ground between like, so once a new expansion comes out, their previous expansion gets bundled in with the free version of the game. Mm. And the free version of the game goes to level 20. So like, yeah, you can go and play right now, Zar, and you'll be fine. Huh, very interesting. Yeah, I think it is free. You, but eventually, like once you get past level 20, you'll need to buy the game, which is 40 bucks and pay the $15 monthly fee. 
Oh, so it's 40 on top of having to start it to pay. Wow. Yeah, no. They, Playing World of Warcraft is expensive. This is why I don't get into WoW. <laughs> we talking about it's, it's fine. <laughs> Zach, no more crack for you. Uh, so I'm really enjoying the game and a lot of my friends are getting back into it. So it's just nice to hang out with people and be a little silly and get lost in the world of Warcraft. And I hope you guys join me for a little bit. It's not to say that it doesn't look like it's fun because it really, really does. It's just oh, like... Yeah. With the backlog that we've got on top of like the fees it's going to cost to actually play this game. And my, it's just hard to justify the price right now. All right. Um, is there anything else to say about World of Warcraft, Zach? Play it. I mean, it's fun. Uh, <laughs> upcoming game releases. Someone take Zach's crack away from him. No more crack for Zach. That's a good screen name, too. <laughs> no more crack for Zach. <laughs> no more crack for Zach. <laughs> Zach can be Zach can be crack for Zach and I'll be no crack for Zach. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, my old nemesis. And I'll be Big Daddy Crit. <laughs> no, wait, I want to be Big Daddy Crit. Too late, you're already no more Zach, no more crack for Zach. <laughs> Damn it. Guys, can I do the upcoming game releases? I haven't done it in a while. They are all yours. I'm a little winded. It's not old lady Rona, is it? <laughs> no, it's too much talking because Zach felt like piling all the work on me. <laughs> all right. So upcoming game releases on October 21st, we have love coming to the PC. Also on October 21st, we have Tenderfoot Tactics coming to the PC. On October 22nd, we've got Disc Room coming to the PC and the Nintendo Switch. Again, on October 22nd is Double Pug Switch. What is Double Pug Switch? Everything you want and more, JP. Is it Pugs? I hope it is. Oh, that's coming to the PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. On October 22nd, we've got Dwarfheim coming to the PC. On October 22nd, we've got Hello Puppets coming to PC VR. Also on October 22nd, we hyped this up a little bit, Pokemon Sword and Shield, the Crown Tundra expansion. I'm pumped for this one, boys. Me too. Pokemon. Oh yeah, looking forward to getting back into Pokemon Shield. On October 22nd again, we've got the Red Lantern coming to PC, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. On October 22nd, October 22nd's a big day, boys. Yeah, it'd be popping. We've got Valhal Harbinger coming to the PC. On October 23rd, we've got Supermarket Shriek coming to the PC, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. On October 23rd again, we've got Transformers Battlegrounds coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. On October 27th, we've got Carto coming to PC and PlayStation 4. On October 27th, we've got Cobra Kai, the Karate Kid Saga Continues coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. On October 27th again, we've got Ghost Runner coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. On October 27th, we've got Graveyard Keeper, Game of Crone DLC coming to the PC. Once more on October 27th, we've got Hammer Team coming to the uh, PC. And finally, on October 27th, we've got The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 4 coming to the PlayStation 4. <sighs> That was a lot of games. That was a lot of games. I need an aspirin. <laughs> and we have selected one hype up game. And I'm actually kind of excited for this one, too, Zach. I see you're the one who put this here. Transformers Battlegrounds coming to PC, PlayStation 4, Xbox One and Switch on 1023. Zach, give us the lowdown. What's this game about? I hear they're more than meets the eye. Where'd you hear that from? <laughs> <laughs> 
Transformers Battlegrounds is coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch on October 23rd, like JP said. And basically, it's your typical uh, Transformers storyline. As an evil Megatron closes in on the AllSpark, Bumblebee and the Autobots need a new commander to help save Earth. That's you. <gasps> Assemble a squad and roll out a battle that will rage from Central City to Cybertron. And even it has local multiplayer arcade. Ooh. And basically, when I watched the gameplay, this guys, I, I just saw Mario and Rabbits meets Transformers. I feel like it almost like copy and pasted like the hiding behind walls like thing. Like it shows like a star with you behind a wall, and, like you'll be safe. Hmm. It looks so similar. Um, so with that being said, it's not like your typical beat 'em up. It's like a strategy game where you're like shooting Decepticons and being safe while shooting, which is that XCOM uh, strategy game that you know for. Um, I would still rate, wait for reviews. Um, the game is currently priced at about a neat $40. So it is kind of neat. Um, I love Transformers back in the day. So it's something that I'm keeping my eye on. What about you, JP and Czar? I mean, 40, $40 seems pretty good. Is this just like an arcade game or is this a previous title that's been remade? Because I'm a little confused about the $40 price range. Usually that's not a thing unless it's... Uh, it sounds Not a full-fledged game. It sounds like a new game, and if Zach is really going off the Mario and the Rabbids thing, I mean, that's about what that game was priced at, too. Maybe $60 when it first came out, but I mean, you can usually pick up Mario and Rabbids pretty cheap nowadays. I could see myself picking this up for 40 bucks, though. It seems like a, a good, fun time. Dude, I loved Transformers when I was younger. Loved them. More about more of the toys. I didn't. I never actually played many of the video games that came out about the movies because they looked terrible. But I don't know. I've got faith that this one sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, especially like with the whole strategy game thing. I've actually gotten a little bit more into that since I started playing uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, because that's what that game is more about now, too, is more of like the strategy aspect of the whole thing. So I don't know. Forty bucks might be a little pricey, but if the sale is right, which is probably going to be since Christmas time is approaching, I'll take a look at this again. And with that being said, that's all I have for you guys. Check out Transformers Battlegrounds on October 23rd if the reviews come back positive. Guys, with everything that we've been talking about lately, I don't know, like the excitement for Cyberpunk has been the thing that started being, like getting to me. Like, I don't know. I'm really excited to play this game. What do you guys think? Are you in on that? I'm, I'm yeah. As more news comes out about Cyberpunk, I am getting more and more pumped. It looks vast it looks immersive and very intricate in every aspect of it from cars to play styles to weaponry it's it's going to be a massive title and it's I, I i can see it definitely on the docket for game of the year possibly even winning mm. but i mean it is speculation. Bitch, I bet it wins Game of the Year. Put it here. Put it now. Yeah. I am firmly planting. If it's not a buggy mess, this is Game of the Year for sure. I'm going to call it right here Game of the Year, just with all of the hype surrounding it and everything that they've been doing around it. And Keanu Reeves. <laughs> and Keanu Reeves. You know he's going to accept the award if it wins Game of the War Game of the Year. If, if you don't see Keanu Reeves at the Game Awards, that means that the game did not win. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. I Cyberpunk really knows that they're playing with fire here because I've never seen a game get this hyped up before it's released before. Never. So if it sucks, <laughs> oh, let's just say it better not suck. <laughs> yeah, basically. All right, guys, I think that about does it for today. I was going to say as another final note, 
hyping up our 2K downloads again. Thank you all so much for listening mm-hmm. and supporting us. It's been a lot of fun and I can't wait to see where we go from here. And what's wild is the three of us has, we really haven't even been doing this that long. So like we're coming along pretty quickly. Yeah, we're approaching 10 months, I think, since our first episode. All right. Thank you all so much for listening to another episode of the Game Tea Podcast. We'll see you in the next episode. You just got your Game Tea. Bye. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of the Game Tea Podcast. If you liked what you heard, why not follow us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at the Game Tea Podcast X. You can find us on Facebook at the Game Tea Podcast. And you can find us on Instagram at the Game Tea Podcast.